So I'm a child of the internet, meaning that I was a child when the internet came out. And <laughs> um, since then, I've been obsessed. And when I was a kid, I would just like log on to the dirtiest websites available to me because I only knew about like three websites, you know, and they were all like in my perverted stepfather's like search history that I would just basically look through his search history and be like, this is how the internet works. I don't know. And um, anyway, I saw some of the most demented things that I've ever seen as a young girl exploring the internet for the first time. I don't think it's ever gotten weirder than that. But um, good thing is I, I didn't stop. I just wanted more of the oddities that the world has to offer. Just like this feed of infinite wisdom and unusual imagery and surfing the web, I find people who are fascinating and then I reach out to them and say, you seem amazing. Do you want to come onto my show and talk about what you do? Um, one such person is this enchanting stranger um, who I found on Instagram and I just really liked the imagery of their um, art. And then they made a deck. So I'm like, fuck yeah. Like I have to have this person on my show. And we found a common ground, which is we both love conspiracy theories. So welcome to the interview with an enchanting stranger who um, loves conspiracy theories. And I hope you enjoy. Hey. Hi, John. Um, this is Elise. We spoke like two seconds hey. ago. Um, so I'm famously bad at introducing my show, but here you are. And um, so I found you on Instagram, and your handle is Enchanted Stranger, and you uh, made this Enchanting like, Stranger. What? Uh, Enchanting Stranger. Enchanting Stranger. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's your handle if you guys want to check him out. And he does these amazing prints and illustrations that are so cool, and he made this really cool tarot deck. So what what inspired that? Uh, so it's a little bit, it's a, it's a little bit of a, of a long story. Um, or it's not that long. Uh, so I was on, so I was actually on a train, uh, a while ago, maybe like, it's probably like six years ago now. Um, yeah, I, I had taken a train up from, uh, Oakland to Seattle. I was planning on moving up here. I live in Seattle now. Um, so I was planning to move here. And so I was sort of conflicted about the move, but I didn't really know. I was sort of in uh, sort of a flux point in my life. Um, and, yeah, I met someone on the train, and uh, I met a couple people. And uh, one of them was this girl, and she was moving from uh, Seattle to Northern California. And I was saying, oh, I'm just doing the opposite thing. And so we started talking, and she asked me if I wanted to have a tarot reading. And uh, I had never had one before, but, you know, here I am on this train, um, hanging out. And so I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. Give me one. And, uh, it was, it was, it was very, uh, it was a very insightful experience, very like, uh, self-reflective for me. Um, I, I, a lot of things I was thinking about a lot of questions. I don't remember exactly everything I got <laughs> it was a while ago. I do think, I think it, it did not end greatly. And, um, I remember I started, yeah, it started, I had uh, two pages, which I think we were talking about people not even really knowing what a page was. I had to have that explained to me. 
Yeah. Page figure wise, I was like, what does that mean? But um, anyway, yeah, it was uh, it was it was very uh, it was very it was very on the nose, and it sort of highlighted a few aspects of why I was moving and got me thinking about it. And uh, the uh, the experience just kind of stuck with me. It was something I hadn't really thought about before, or uh, really gone into. Um, or really ever, you know, had an interest in, but something about, yeah, like I said, the, uh, the self-reflective nature of it. And then this, the, the, the images and the cards and everything and the, the sort of meanings they held and sort of what could be, um, sort of gleaned from them got me, uh, got me very interested. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. also it makes sense. And like, I think every time you see someone's art, you have a little window into their, soul and um your art looks very esoteric it looks very alchemical or something it's it's like these really strange and sinewy figures and haunting images and i could i could see why um you would find tarot as like a really good vessel to create a series of illustrations yeah i like um i'm a big fan of uh a big fan of animation, comics, and stuff. I I, I studied animation in college, uh, and print making was sort of what I finally ended up in. But um, yeah, no, I, I've always been a big fan of that kind of stuff. Any sort of sequential image, uh, I really liked, and so something like tarot has it has that esoteric quality, but it also has you know this this sort of fully fleshed out or fully formed. Uh, thought or idea displayed in just sort of a single image um and you sort of have to sort of have to learn a little bit of a language to sort of break into it uh sort of understand certain symbols and things um and sort of draw connections between previous stuff it's just very fun it has almost the feel like a puzzle or something to it oh totally and it keeps reinventing itself every time you play the game so like when i made my deck um I, there were so many things that I've done since, and it's only been out for a little while, but like I've, I've read with it and just like even the combinations of these different images, which I'm totally familiar with because I made them, but seeing them together in certain ways, I'm always seeing like these new connections with them. It's so weird. Um, I don't know if weird's the right word. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So also <laughs> we were talking earlier, um, to set up this interview and, um, you're saying that you're Basque, which are you're descended from Basque people, which I am too on yeah. my mom's side, and that's so yeah. cool because I feel like there's not that many Basque Americans, you know. Um, yeah, it is. It is always fun to run into one. Yeah, I mean, like, how yeah. can you tell? My brother, um, he was working on this house in the hills in o- in Oakland. And he, there was a guy that lived next door who's like this really, really old Basque man, who who didn't really speak English either. And and to me, like this old man speaking Basques just sounded like squirrels fighting in a tree. Like I could not understand anything he was saying. But for some reason, my brother understood him perfectly. Which I was like, is that like a genetic anomaly or something? Like this man would just be like. And then I was just like, oh, I don't understand what he's saying. And he, my brother would be like, oh, he's telling you that his daughter in the 70s used to own a shop and they sold that bag that you're holding. And I'm like, what the fuck? How do you, how did you hear that? Um, <laughs> Basque language is like really unrelated to um, the Latin-based 
languages that you know you would think because it's right next to um, Spain and, and France, and it's not. I mean, most of the language we speak in the world are like connected somehow, but Basque is totally alien. And like I was telling you before, typo negative blood. Like they say they're aliens and they have like genetically mutated blood that's different than other humans. <laughs> yeah, I've. Uh... I, 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 so I, I was not familiar with this, uh, this, this theory of, uh, the bass being, I guess, uh, I, like I said, I haven't really looked into it, but from the sound of it, I'm guessing, uh, the, the remnants of a, an Atlantean civilization, but, yeah. um, you know, it's getting good yeah, when you're talking I, about Atlantis, like, like, where is this going, you know? Yeah, 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 no, it's, uh, it's, it's very cool, um, also, I don't know if I don't know if you ever heard of the, the Church of Subgenius. I have um, actually. Yeah, yeah, they have uh, in their sort of mythos. They have uh, a little bit about how everyone uh, is descended from this proto-human that was a uh, was a yeti, who uh, was the yetis were like a slave race in Atlantis, and they escaped and all this. But I've always found that very like you know that kind of I don't know. I've always liked the Church of Subgenius, but it could have called to mind that, but. Um, I guess in a little bit more serious way, more earnest way. But what you're saying about uh, like older Basque people um, or an older Basque person, uh, I've run into some. I used to live in San Francisco, and uh, I had run, I've run into a few tourists there who were just uh, they were just older Basque men, and uh, I sort of you know they were just asking for directions or something. But just sort of immediately, I had you know I could see the uh, the indicators, you know, like the beret, the mustache. The, <laughs> Cardigan, McCain, you know, it's like, like almost instantly I would turn around and be like, this guy's Basque. And it was like, there is sort of a, a, a shared recognition, I guess, like recognition to that. Um, but yeah, I've always found older basketball to be very, uh, very calming. Yeah. Their presence is very, uh, very relaxed, very laid back, not very, uh, not, uh, not, not really smug and not really like, um, Sheepish, but just very, uh, very calm, very soothing. <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's so fascinating. Yeah, and, and um, I don't know if we said this on this call, but they're like native to their land, and like they're that's where they say their origins are from Atlantis, and they're like we've been here forever since like Atlantis fell into the sea or whatever. Like we've always been here, and um, like I think that it, maybe they were like a part of Atlantis or something. I don't. I don't even know the whole story but I mean I think also when you get into mythologies of any people anywhere there's this part where you could like try to shake down history and be like what's real but like what does it really matter you know what I mean um yeah yeah I know I know what you're saying I know what you mean um I've been doing a lot of uh I've been working on some projects that sort of involve uh more of these um I guess, uh, esoteric or, uh, sort of theoretical views of the world that are, uh, I guess most of them are con called, you know, conspiracy, conspiratorial thinking or, uh, pseudoscientific or whatever. Cool. But, like what? Um, what are you working on? Um, so I mean, th you know, things like, uh, like, you know, hollow earth, uh, orgone, uh, flat earth, obviously. Okay. Um, I've kind of been a little fascinated with a few more modern ones. Uh, I think the latest one I've been getting into is the uh, the 5G death towers. Okay, uh, great. If you can, that that very much is just exactly what it sounds like. It's you know 5G cell towers. 
emitting some sort of uh, death ray that uh, you know alters your DNA or makes you crazy or makes you violent. It makes you superhuman. Why not? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. There's a lot of it tied into population control. I mean, it's always like you know what is like you know the, the effects are proven, but to what ends? Okay, you know, that kind of thing. This is very open ended. Sort of. That's a very modern style, I guess. But uh, but also like I'm I'm with you, but I also know there's like a diversity of different people listening. That some of them could be like, "What are you talking about?" And then other could be like, "Oh yeah, Hollow Earth. I know all about it." So why don't we just like run through? Like I'll challenge you. Your top five favorite conspiracy theories, and I'll match you top five mine. Oh boy. Um... You don't have to do it consecutively. We could like we could take turns. <laughs> yeah. So let's see here. Um, do you want to start with Hollow Earth? I'll just, I'll just list. I'll just list off five of mine. Um, like I said, obviously, uh, I mean, Flat Earth is the classic. So you have to go with that. Uh, Hollow Earth, I think, is very good um, because a lot of these things work in metaphor, which I can get into a little bit more later. Which is sort of why they. I love that. That's that's so real. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of this stuff yeah. is just our modern mythology, you know, and it just, like, projects the sort of spell totally, of collective yeah, consciousness. Yeah. So, okay, also, um, are Flat Earth and Hollow Earth compatible series? I mean... Uh, I mean, that's a that's a big question, I guess. I mean, a flat plane could... It's a three, still a three-dimensional object, so there could be a hollow element to it. Um, I always say I like Hollow Earth... Uh, Mostly because there there is literally a whole nother world of possibilities when you think about it, because there's an, an actual whole nother world underneath inverted in the one that we're inside of the one that we're walking around on. So it's like um, hollow earth is this concept that um, the earth is sort of like this fluffy donut, and then um, from the north and south pole you can walk through, and then gravity is um, yes. still there, but it's not towards the center, it's towards the floor of it, and, like, there's no real sky, or, like, how does, yeah. well, there, how does that there, work? I mean, there's several very, like, if you go online, there's several variations to, like, what a uh, hollow earth means, and there's, I guess, a little bit of a, I guess you could, <laughs> I guess you could say a debate about that, um, but it's, you know, like, is it a network of tunnels, is it just a big open area where, you know, gravity is still, you know, gravity still exists? But it just all pulls downward. Is it? Uh, is it just an open dome? Is it? Uh, can you walk around on the inside? Is it just a series of platforms, sort of in there? Um, but I think the uh, yeah, it's basically yeah, the, the crust is porous, and uh, there are these things called fins holes that you can enter and go down through a cave, and sort of. I mean, I guess any any like reports from the Hollow Earth, they all vary wildly as like what's in there. Um, one of my favorite personal things from that is the uh, the idea that UFOs are uh, notoriously impossible to track or impossible in the to, of the Earth. Uh, to find. Yeah, because they don't. Yeah, because you, because you're looking in the wrong place. You know, they, they, it flies away. You think, oh, it's gone up into space. In reality, it's actually just shot back down into the Earth. Or extra dimensional, which is going to be my one of my theories. So that's on my five list. Um, extraterrestrials are actually extra dimensionals. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Um, I guess let me see. I've got two. I got, I got let's see, number three here. 
Um, like I said, 5G Death Towers has really taken a good one for me. So, uh, okay. Really just great so art break this down for me. I would have to say something more like something more like Shadow People would probably be a good number three for Ooh, me. Shadow People. You ever know, seen one? Um, I've not seen one. I have had like a sleep paralysis moment um, where I have ha- I have felt uh, a similar sort of presence as to what people describe when encountering one of those. Mm. Uh, the sort of familiar yet malicious uh, sort of frightening presence. But I sort of just felt it approaching me and then sort of lost, like became disoriented and then woke up. Ooh, and, like, I was awake, but like woke up, like was able to move again. But, That's weird. Yeah. I saw one one time, like a shadow person. <laughs> um, and I didn't, I wasn't like asleep or anything. I was just in my little apartment um, in Oakland and I lived right by the freeway and there's only one in one outdoor. There's like one door and um, I was in the living room and I looked over and I saw like some guy like, r- like walk from the bathroom to the bedroom and I was like, what? But he was just a silhouette and it was like daytime and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I know nobody came in here and I like went back there and there was nothing there. But I didn't have sleep paralysis or anything. But, like, um, the next day I had sleep paralysis when I woke up. And I was, like, convinced that I had died. It was, like, terrible. But, um, Ooh. yeah, but it was weird. I, I had sleep paralysis, but it was after I woke up. Like, I had slept a whole night. I woke up in the daytime, and I was, like, cool, I'm awake. And I'm, like, what if I just kept lying here? And then I felt like this warm tingling all over my body and then I couldn't move and then I was like oh my god maybe that warm tingling feeling was me dying and I was like scared but um I couldn't move at all I was just like lying there it was it's just like this really weird um experience I don't really I don't know if it was related to the shadow person or maybe it's just like some bad neurology I don't really I don't really fucking care honestly that was a long time ago and luckily I got out of it but yeah, I didn't wow. die. Hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never had something, I've never had a frightening experience like that, but that sounds, uh, sounds pretty intense. I, um, yeah, uh, I guess, I guess a good second, uh, second top conspiracy, I guess it's not really a conspiracy theory, but just a, uh, a sort of theoretical thing. I've heard it defined as an esoteric energy, um, would be orgones, uh, sort of another classic. <laughs> so orgones, um, different than organite. Um, this is like a Scientology tor- sort of thing, right? Um, a little bit, uh, a little bit. I think the Scientology one is Satan. Satan. Um, it's essentially it, it's it's similar to an orgone. An orgone is like it, it's it's a, it's like most of these. It's not very well defined. Um, and a big part of that is the sort of original conception of it is sort of a, uh, a sort of all encompassing invisible, uh, sort of force, almost like a, like an aether or something that exists and is sort of a, a balancing force, almost in like a supernatural way to just sort of explain different things, different, like, you know, physical interactions and stuff. But, um, of course the, the definition changes on through the years and, as more and more people take on to it and uh, various people try to, you know, use uh, 
certain concepts to grip someone. Um, but so, you know, it, yeah, so it, it's anything from sort of a, uh, a super particle that exists to like balance forces in the universe to uh, literally just uh, an energy that you can gather inside you that makes you orgasm better. Interesting. So, um, what, how yeah. would you like, t- if you're telling a story about like, you know, what that means for someone who's like, I'm not following, what would, how would you, how would you say that? How do you quantify it? Um, well, I mean, that's the, that's the problem. You can't really quantify it. So it's like, is it like the really force, like, like in the Star Wars? Basically, I guess, yeah, you could say that. Um, I guess that's a obvious analogy you could draw there. Um, but yeah, it's really like a, uh, is, is sort of like a universal, uh, life force. Um, yeah, a sort of like, a, a, a constant energy throughout all living things. Okay. So where does this like concept that? come from? Uh, where is, I mean, those, these, these are all the, I mean, this is all, <laughs> these are all the things that sort of make it a conspiracy theory. There's no, there's no actual, there's no place where it comes from. There's no definable force for it. But like I said, a lot of these things, you know, they can't really be, be proven scientifically because they're not, you know, they're probably not really there. They're not, they aren't actually, a constant particle that exists in all living matter that can be like measured and quantified and concentrated. Like the God particle. Yeah. Well, something like that. Yeah. But it, you know, you can't actually concentrate these things and, uh, you know, cure cancer or make your orgasm better. Um, but there is a lot of these, a lot of these sort of pseudoscientific or sort of esoteric concepts like I said, they, they working in metaphor, it works just fine. And in some cases, uh, something like an orgone or using an orgone uh, accumulator, an energy accumulator or something, with an orgone accumulator, it's basically just a big box with a chair in it that you sit inside of. It's like a big box the size of a closet that you sit in and it's, you know, it's not physically harmful to you in any way. You know, it might be uncomfortably hot. It's dark in there. Hmm. But uh, it's it maybe just a dark room that you sit in for a little bit. Um, and like I said, the, the, the thinking being, you sit in there, you wait a little bit, you concentrate the organs on yourself, and you feel better. You feel, you know, a clarity of mind and uh, body, and you, you feel maybe like a, this is always the, the sort of, you know, increased sexual potency or something is always like uh, something that's tacked on to these kind of things. Like it aligns you know, your chakras? Something, yeah, something like that, or it just sort of fills you with this, like, vital force. Do chakras you know, qualify as a, as a conspiracy theory? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that a conspiracy theory. I would, you know, that's, <laughs> um, I mean, then you, then you're, then you can get into, you know, calling yeah, it, you know, I feel like it's like, I feel like it's a conspiracy <laughs> theories have to be, the, like, maybe have a certain, um, birthday. You know, they have to be born, like, between certain dates or something. Um, yeah, there has to be, they have to be associated with, I think they have to be associated with uh, some sort of, like, action in the world or something like that. Um, orgones, I, I, I started reading about orgones through uh, reading about, you know, like I said, more modern conspiracy theories, reading about chemtrails. Uh, it's fairly a, a large group of people believe that, uh, 
Okay. So you, you whatever mind control gases and chemtrails. So okay, so I think we're like dancing around something when you're talking about the five G dust towers and the chemtrails. It's like who the fuck would do that? Which brings me to one of my favorite conspiracy theories, of course, which is reptilians, right? Mm. Yeah, definitely. So it's like this um this idea well, that the that elite many, are, many people say live within the hollow earth. So Ah, and they just, like, vacation on the other side, put on a Queen Elizabeth rubber mask and, like, a Barack Obama face or something, and then, like, rule the world. Um, which, you know, it's interesting because, like, there actually are bloodline connections to a lot of celebrities and royals and, um, presidents, um, I think that, like, an 11-year-old girl or something was doing, like, a school report, and discovered that, like, all of the, um, royal family, like, royal family and the presidents, um, and celebrities were related through their maternal lines, and, yeah, so, I mean, there's, that's actually, like, there is, like, something going on where they all are in cahoots in, like, a weird, uh, biological way, (laughs) but just the idea that they're, like, actually these, like, evil reptilians, um, I think that story was originated by David Eichel, or Eich, how do you say his name? Um, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Yeah, he is a, he is a trip. The reptilian story. Yeah, he came out with that idea, and, you know, he also, he's gone through these weird inclinations himself, like, he, um, early on in his, like, uh, trip out experience, he was presenting himself as, like, the second coming of Christ, and he would only wear, like, these... <clears throat> these purple jumpsuits. Right, yes, yeah. And um, I think he just dropped that. Like, he stopped saying that he was the second coming. But then he was also saying that you could survive by just um, consuming air and sun, and, like, breathing in a certain way, and you didn't need to have food. Yes, living completely off, uh, like, air and, uh, like, uh, like, sunlight. Yeah. So, I mean, he's definitely sort of insane. I'm just going to say sort of, you know. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, like, of course, like, the reptilian thing, I think, like, some people are, like, secretly, like, yeah, that makes sense to us. But then again, it's, like, the modern fairy tale, and, like, we're in the commons class, where we're, like, there's this huge socioeconomic gap where most of us are like we gotta hustle for our money you know and then it seems like how do people make it on the other side and of course they're like not human and i think the the reptile um archetype too is like chilly not comforting not maternal you know not human so of course you're like okay only a lizard could like thrive off of you know, the the poverty and demise of others and, like, accumulate right, and, all this yeah, stuff helping. Right, we even have a turn of phrase for, like, a, a sort of base or more barbaric more thinking. We say, like, lizard brain. Yeah. Because um, we perceive them as creatures that have, you know, you know, like you said, like, no, no, no real empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, I mean, part of what, what draws me into all this stuff and what kind of, what about it influences uh, the sort of esoteric nature of my work is the uh, is again like I said the idea that you know these things are 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 not true and do not you know don't really have like 
you know, a quantifiable presence in reality. They don't have like a perfectly analogous thing happening. They don't have, they don't have a, uh, they don't, they don't have like a, like a sort of true form. They don't really take any real form, but all of them work perfectly like as metaphor. Like, could you say that, you know, we're ruled by uh, a sort of, you know, like loveless, cold blooded, uh, group of, you know, these sort of inhuman uh, monsters. I mean, you could make the case, yeah, sure, maybe we are. There are a sort of group of people we have been for quite a while. They're, they're you know, they all are, you know, sort of interconnected, sort of related. They all are in these positions and, you know, they do sort of, they do actually export a lot of suffering out into the world. Uh, could you say that, uh, can, can you actually measure the amount of vital life force flying into this dark closet that you're sitting in, in a chair, you know, probably not, but you know, could you use that as a tool to maybe if you have some sort of question about your life or you feel bad or stressed to just sort of deflate and relax and maybe sit in there for a little bit and leave feeling uh, sort of re-energized or a little bit clearer. Totally. Yeah. And if you want to say orgones did it, you know, that's not really hurting anybody. Yeah. And what hurts somebody, I think what hurts somebody when it turns malicious is when you say, okay, well, now you have to pay me $50 to sit in the closet. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of room for, like, different kinds of practices and stuff. And, I mean, I think that, I don't know if this is, like, a conspiracy theory, but it's kind of related, like, um, psychic mediums, you know, that kind of stuff is, like, kind of where it gets a little dangerous because you're opening up to superstition in a way and the possibility of anything. And when somebody comes in right, and yeah. like gets a download that doesn't make any sense because I'm, I'm fairly intuitive and I've definitely had psychic visions that were accurate. And if it weren't for people being like, yeah, that's fucking crazy. That's exactly what happened. And if I didn't have that much validation, then I'd be like, oh, sorry. Like, because, you know, be a human being. Like, oh, I just made that up. I guess, I guess I'm tripping. But like, for people to go into a room and be like, mm, um, I'm definitely getting a sense of a letter M. Maybe that's someone's name that died, maybe, or maybe there's an M in Right, like, yeah. How do you get a psychic uh, download where it's like, like, Wheel of Fortune and you get like one letter? Like, why? That doesn't even make sense as far as like the experience I've had in my right. own brain as like an intuitive. Um, yeah, right. that's such I, I feel like something. I feel like something like what you're talking about too is um is anything like that you sort of have to question you you have to start with it you have to have a, a a sort of i think harder line and uh a sort of deeper level of questioning for anything that's uh happening in a space where uh individuals sort of might be uh, uh ripe to be exploited like somebody in this situation maybe somebody who's you know lost a loved one or something recently or feels that uh you know maybe uh, someone they know passed away and uh, they, there was something that was left unsaid and they still have some kind of question about. Um, people that, you know, are, are vulnerable in a certain way and, you know, whether or not you're acting responsibly in that situation or not, I think is when... No, totally. There. And I think that's, that's... I mean, that's another thing that kind of draws me in about a lot of these things is sort of how do they become popularized? 
you know, not only where do they come from, but how do they, you know, how do these ideas spread? How are they proliferated? Well, I think this, like, idea of, like, the shaman or, like, you know, the person that's in touch, like, has always kind of been around in different incarnations. And then when you think about, like, I think of, like, the spiritualists of the Edwardian era. So, like, electricity's coming out, and everyone's like, what a fun party trick. And so, like, people started doing all these weird things with electricity because electricity, and it's an introduction to, like, the common folk, was, like, fairly magical you know there was like a lot of weird things that people wanted to do with it and then you know you would have um you didn't have tvs you just had electricity and like you were in the custom of having like parlor events where you had like a little room in your house where you entertain each other and i think that it just became really popular to have like somebody come in and entertain a room of people with like this spooky thing you know so i mean like the unseen world has always been a device to make life less boring at the very least, you know? <laughs> Especially when you don't right, have anything yeah. else to, to bring your mind in, you know? Right, no, totally. I mean, like I said, a lot of the stuff uh, working in metaphor is is exactly that. It is, it is a sort of more entertaining uh, way to, to benefit yourself or to, you know, uh, practice any form of mental health or anything. Um but like I said, you know, sometimes it be, sometimes I feel like some people take uh, a similar concept and it becomes malicious, and that's when it sort of gets labeled as conspiratorial. Yeah. But um, you know, in 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 their purest form, they're, they're just ideas and methods for looking at the world. And like I said, largely they're just they're just sort of metaphors to understand and explain things. Um, I mean, all that said, though, before I forget about the top five conspiracy theories, um, my number one, my number one favorite. Um, uh, is one that uh, you can find some of it on YouTube. Of course, it's, it's a little bit hard. It's a little bit hard to find, but it's it's one of my favorites because it is it is very 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 specific, and it is very very strange. And it is also there's no there's no real way someone could monetize it or exploit anyone with what is it? any way. It is. It is the belief that there are no um, there are no real trees. Oh my god! In the world. And that the idea that so what we look at and see a tree um, is actually not the full potential of what a tree could be. It's like a small sapling. It's like a tiny tree. And that in the past there did exist actual trees, and we can see the stumps of these trees in the form of things like mesas, uh, mountains. Uh, volcanic islands, uh, lots of volcanic formations, which, I mean, would imply a tree that would be so large it would, you know, stick off, be visible from space, it'd just be huge. Um, but yeah, it, it, is, it is absolutely number one for me in that sense because there's no real way that it's simply just a, like... I mean, it it shows like I think it's crazy. It shows like a, a really deep misunderstanding of things, or like an intentional one. And it's kind of it's almost it's so bizarre. It shows the line of like you know, is this a trick? Is this real? Is this a control? Is this not? But like I said, it's it's so it's so innocent in a way because it says you know it presents this grand conspiracy, but it's like to what end? Like who would well, let's say trees could get that big? Like who? What what cause would there be to cut them down, and where would all the where would the wood go? You know, <laughs> like, what, like that's yeah. I mean, I guess they could have burned or something, or 
I don't know. That's <laughs> that's <laughs> insane. <laughs> and it's just like it's so many conspiracy theories that like to me so so related to like drugs, you know, like <laughs> really high and yeah, being like, like what is this? Like gang stalking where it's, you know it, it's it's just cool, it's it's stuff, it's stuff like gang stalking. Gang stalking? What's that? Uh, well, gang stalking is exactly what it sounds like. It's the idea that uh, someone or one one individual is being uh, surveilled or stalked by some large group, some gang of people. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, again, there I don't know how many videos are still on YouTube about this. Back in the day, there was a lot of videos on YouTube of people claiming to you know catch gang stalkers in the act or. You know, them driving around saying, like, I have to stay mobile because I'm being gang stalked. Oh, my God. That sounds like a real mental health Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff, you you watch it and you're like, this is this is paranoia, this is schizophrenia. Oh, <laughs> like, totally. people are, are mentally ill. Like, people need help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's, like, one of those fucked up circumstances where, let's say that, um, let's say it's real and you're being gang stalked. Like, you'd probably be pretty right. fucking nervous. So it'd be really hard to express what was happening to you, you know, in a way that anyone would give a shit about because you'd seem so weird about it, you know? Um, yeah, well, I think the, the, the gang stalking had a unique angle on it, folks, to where there were, like, dedicated forums uh, of people discussing gang stalking and gang stalkers. Uh, and and a lot of the a lot of the, the stuff you could see on there is uh, you know it's it's obvious it, it's like this weird echo chamber of mental of mental illness where it's you know it's them saying like is this really happening to me this seems unlikely and the other people being instead of saying like you know this probably isn't happening you know maybe you should go talk to somebody instead saying like no you're absolutely right this is happening <laughs> which is great because it's like how can that really help either way. <laughs> I don't know, that's weird. self-destructive delusion, yeah. That's a, that's a good conspiracy, very disturbing. Okay, so this is another one, because um, uh, I only said, what, two or maybe three, but, um, oh my God, my mind is blanking. What? Okay, Mandela Effect. Oh, that's a good one, too, yeah. And I feel like that's one where I'm like, Meh, but then I'm like, I do remember a Jiffy peanut butter how is that possible that that doesn't exist? Like, I couldn't, like, in my memory, like, remember very distinctly, J-I-F-F-Y, and, like, the different color stripes. Like, what the fuck is that? Was it a prop for a show I saw? Like, I mean, I definitely remember seeing that, so I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm there with you. I definitely, the, the, actually, the, the classic one, the, the, I think it's Baron Steen and Baron, Stein. Stein? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually Stein. Mm-hmm. Which, I remember Bernstein yeah. Bears, but I'm not really committed to that. You that know, was, well, you know, I, 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 was very, I was a very big fan of those books when I was a little Me kid. Me too, but I'm also <laughs> like, <laughs> as a kid, I, I would mispronounce things all the time, so I'm just like, whatever, like, maybe yeah. I just got it wrong. So... I was like, that was the thing that drew me in, for sure, but then I stayed for the Jiffy, because I was like, what? I do remember a Jiffy, like, what the fuck? The Jiffy, yeah. What yeah, no, I remember Jiffy as well, what is it, is it actually, what is it actually Jeffy? It's, it's Jeff. Jiff. It's, it's J-I-S. Oh, it's Jif. Yeah, it's Jiff, it's oh, never it's been Jiffy. Jif, not Jiffy. 
Yeah, isn't that crazy? Cause, yeah, that is strange. Yeah, what the fuck? Um, what yeah, are the other ones? actually another fun one of those. Real quick, before we lose that, there's another fun one of those. Have you heard about the uh, the Simbad? Yeah. As a genie. Okay, but I have a, I have a good explanation. I have a good explanation for that. Um, yeah. Okay, I think that this connection has already been made. The Sinbad the comic, right? Um, yeah. And then it was like it was a, what Shazam or something? What was it? Um, uh, Kazam. Kazam. Okay, so definitely saw Kazam. Yeah, no, totally. I remember that. But um, Sinbad is. Um, it's like an old movie, and the Sinbad was like, um, sort of, um, it, there was a genie in Sinbad. So Sinbad was a um, story about, like, the sea explorer, and there was a genie, and it was like this wild adventure. And um, Yeah, there was the old, the old Ray Harryhausen movie. Yeah, totally, which I saw yeah, um, yeah. Nick at night, like, they would play old movies when I was a kid, and I saw that, and there was a genie, and it's called Sinbad, and then there's a comedian named Sinbad, so I think that it got all, like, maybe fucked up, and I, I could see, like, how in the subconscious, when you start deleting totally unimportant information, such as everything we're saying, maybe, like, the brain just, like, crunches it down and compacts it, and it yeah. just creates, like, these sort of glitched-out connections. I'll do, you one, I'll do you one better on the Sinbad one. Uh, I looked into this online, apparently... Uh, apparently he did, uh, he did a series of, uh, like promo shots, like, you know, the things that would play on TV, like before and after a commercial. Uh, okay. he did, a, he did a series of those where he was dressed as a genie for a marathon of Sinbad, the sailor films. Oh, okay. Which appeared on TV, I think maybe like they all appear on TV, maybe like twice in like the, you know, the late nineties or something. Yeah, I mean, that probably is it. That had to have been, like, the thing that people saw, and then they got it all. And they saw him in a similar genie costume and just sort of transposed it. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember the time that that movie came out, which I don't know if you've seen that recently, but it's so cringeworthy. Um, which one? Uh, uh, what is it, Shazam? Or Kazam? I don't know. Um, oh, Kazam, yeah. Yeah, because he, he sort of, like, yell raps at this little kid that looks like he needs to take a shower. And it's just like, I am the genie with the magic! I can't rhyme right now. But anyway, he just, like, screams, like, a rap at him, but very slow, or rhymes, you know? It doesn't, like, it's really painful to watch. That's um, very odd. I remember watching that movie uh, on on a VHS in school. Like, it was, uh, you know, one of those days where it's uh, the weather is too bad to go out for recess or whatever, so they just wheel in the TV and put on a, a video. And we watched... Uh, Kazam, and uh, yeah, the only thing, the only scene I remember from it is, uh, I think at one point he rides like a like a magic golden bicycle, yeah, like around like in the air or something. <laughs> Sounds about right. So weird. Yeah. Okay, so the other Mandela effect thing is like the namesake um, conspiracy, which is Nelson Mandela dying in jail or prison. Like a lot of people remember right, that. Yeah, and then. Um, which didn't happen, so a lot of people are like, what? Wait, I remember him dying. Um, strange, huh? Um. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is an odd one. Okay, another thing. Um, celebrity sex slave rings, which is, like, there's this, like, special harem of, like, sex slaves that are, like, 
on this circuit where they're being shared um, by politicians and uh, celebrities. Like, so I've seen like, yeah. interviews with these ladies that are like, like Hillary Clinton, like ate me out, and then also I had sex with Elvis, and I don't, you know, like they'll just like list off a bunch of like random. Oh, people. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what? This, is, this is linked into the QAnon stuff. Now, yeah. The what? This is linked into the uh, the QAnon. The QAnon. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not familiar. The QAnon. QAnon. So what is that? Yeah, it's um. Uh, Q, QAnon, I think it's starting to fizzle out, but it was a, uh, someone was posting on uh, various Chan websites or 4chan, 8chan, um, under the, under a user, those are anonymous sites, but you can create a code that locks your, I think your IP address. Um, so they were posting under this name QAnon uh, for like Q anonymous, uh, these really cryptic messages about, yeah, like sex slave rings, uh, you know, these sort of, like, uh, massive conspiratorial crimes that reach through everything. Uh, you know, this is where... I'm not sure what QAnon, whoever was posting under that name, was uh, was posting exactly, but, you know, it eventually ends up in the points where, you know, it's things like, uh, oh, Hillary Clinton is, uh, you know, killing child sex slaves and drinking their... their their adrenochrome from their adrenaline glands and oh, yeah. all this. Which is just complete I mean it was like completely crazy. But yeah, the celebrity sex link rings tie into that. I think later like, like the most famous incarnation was Pizza Gate. You know? Like, Pizza people Gate, remember yeah, Pizza that. Was, Pizza Gate was, was uh, Pizza Gate was uh, near the start of all this, yeah. Um but again, like I said, uh you know a lot of, a lot of these things do kind of work in uh in metaphor, there was that actual uh, cult that had the sort of uh, ritual abuse stuff that was uh, happening in I think I think in Los Angeles or in New York. Uh, I forget the name of it, but it was like a sort of self-help guru guy had this uh, this sort of harem of uh, women that were being branded and like traveling with him and being trafficked to different places. I think one of the actresses from the uh, uh, the old Smallville TV show was mm. in it. I think there was an um a Law and Order SVU episode about that. And oh yeah, there is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's Law and Order. There's an SVU about everything. So we cover it all. So yeah, I feel like that's. I mean, so much of the conspiracy theories are super dark, and then um a lot of the stuff is like usually about like people like you know higher powers secretly. Um, controlling the masses or abusing people and whatnot. Um, and sometimes there are, like, real facts that they bring up that I'm like, hmm, yeah, that's real. That's really good evidence. And I can't really think of a better reason for that being real. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, a, a, lot, a lot of these have to do with, so, yeah, another thing that's kind of fascinating with all these is a lot of them have to do with that. Uh, I mean, some of them, like I said, you know, something like 5G death towers or fluoridation of Population water, control. Chemtrails, uh, all those. Yeah, they have this malicious effect where, you know, they're poisoning people or they're sterilizing you or they're giving you mind control substances. They're altering your DNA or whatever have you. But yeah. um, a lot of them have to, I guess, deal with uh, the sort of idea of concealing something, sort of concealing the truth or obscuring the truth. 
or well, hiding. There's, there's like, like actual historical backing for yeah. some things, like, for example, eugenics, right? So this is, like, um, a concept, I think, that was actually started by an American, of course, and that was, like, really attractive to Nazi Germany. Um, and eugenics is this yeah. whole idea of um, not necessarily um, population control, but, like, but yes, like, like, like um, selective breeding, yeah. Yeah, selective breeding and, like, um, weeding out undesirables, right? So, um eugenics um when i think it came out uh, it didn't have such a like dirty connotation but um you know they would uh, sterilize you know people who are born uh developmentally disabled or physically disabled like you know yeah. automatic sterilization and stuff and then um like slowly it got like sort of shifted the language around but like one of like the founding um purposes of like Planned Parenthood or something like that wasn't originally just to like you know do free um birth control and stuff just for fun it was like also like a eugenics project um so that's like totally yeah, fucked yeah. up and it's not like you know I don't think <laughs> there should be like free birth care no totally like but like eugenics is an actually real thing that actually still affects us and I mean, like, I, like, do not want to have children, but I'm not, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, there is, like, that is a reality, like, making um, people sterile on purpose so that certain undesirable populations don't have babies. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, looking for a partner you think is compatible is, uh, is one thing, but yeah, I mean becomes a little odd when you start thinking in terms of like, well, will my child be like genetically strong or really have like, yeah, know, but I mean like, that's the thing that's not about brain, like the individual brain, yeah. choosing that. It's about like, there already being systems to um, take that option away oh, because yeah. like a higher, a higher, I don't know, yeah, like, like some political sway being like, you don't make the cut. We're going to like make you barren or whatever. Yeah, and we're going to have, you know, we're going to breed a special class of people who are, you know, really good, the premium humans. Which goes into my, I don't know, I've, I've lost count, but I'm just going to say another conspiracy theory, which is aliens. And <laughs> I know we, like, talked about it a little bit, but um, aliens are fucking fascinating, and there's... When you really get into, like, learning about aliens, you find that there's these different races of aliens. And one of them, which I think is fascinating, is the Tall Whites, or a.k.a. the Nordics. So, they're, they're, like, passably human, and they just sound like some Swedish person, you know? But, um, I think that they, um... They, like, look like what you think of as, like, an Aryan poster child, right? Um, tall, blonde, like, you know, uh, light-skinned, blue-wise, um, and, um, you know, athletically fit. But also, this is the other thing about um, different, like, reports and stories. Reports, I don't know, <laughs> silly. Um, different stories or accounts of the tall Nordics is that they have, like, Different genetics, um, even though they're passable as human, um, I've heard that they keep growing to like crazy giant tallness, and they don't—they live a lot longer, and they just keep growing every year. 
and when they get super old, like hundreds of years old, they eventually expire because their organs don't grow at the same rate as their bones and skin does. So, like, eventually their heart isn't big enough to support the whole body. Um, and there's apparently a bunch of Nordics running around in, like, Area 51 area or something. Studio 51. Right, yeah. Uh, one thing I always find, uh, a little bit, um, a little bit interesting about, I mean, I, I, I love alien abduction stories and things, anything to do with that. I, I absolutely, I absolutely dig them. Um, but, uh, one thing I always find very interesting about, uh, people probably with the Nordics is they're always described as extremely beautiful. Yeah. So I've always thought there was a, a sort of a, a, a little bit of that was sort of tinged with uh, me almost almost approaching a, a sort of Anglo-centric <laughs> view of things. Oh, totally. Like, I mean, a lot of this stuff yeah. like um, is is like very stereotypical. The natural beauty. This was the otherworldly beauty you can imagine. It's just an extremely tall, blonde, white person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then also from like the accounts, it's like. Who knows, like what the what the person who's talking is saying. I have read a, a report though that like um, a beautiful person is like recognized as having certain features and like you know symmetrical faces, like this or that, and looking healthy. And also like um, a beautiful person, no matter what race, will be like identified as a beautiful person by whoever you know. But yeah, I see what you mean. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, like. Um. Yeah, of course. Of course, it does sound like a little. Yeah, like, I guess it's more. It's it's more like a. Uh, again, another thing I like about you know the, all these conspiracy theories and these sort of methods of thinking. Some of the weirder ones they sort of tie back to just sort of broader social trends. They sort of reflect the social trends a little bit. Is Barbie um, a tall you know, Norse Nordic? Yeah, like so, you know? so imagining a beautiful huh? Barbie, like you know how her proportions are yeah, like exactly. freakishly so tall and weird. Um, yeah, someone imagining a beautiful person would be, you know, the very the first thing that would come to mind, the first image that would come to mind is, you know, I don't know if that's maybe this is a conspiracy theory too, you know, sort of social conditioning, but uh, the first thing they would think of would be, you know, a, a very tall, blonde, white person with blue eyes. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying for sure, but it is really fun. Yeah, I yeah. love like finding a YouTube video, and I found like a few of them where they're like, it's like a robotic voice. It's like. This is the 48 documented alien races. And then it's just like these little crappy pencil drawings, and it'll say, like, the antler people. They have giant eyes and antlers and little heads. And you're like, okay. They're just like randomly thinking of different things. So, yeah, I think it'd be fun to invent your own alien race and just keep it going. Because also it's like who's cataloging yeah. this, and then there's like the Pleiadians, and then um, which is an extension of the alien conspiracy is the alien um, alliance or what is it called, the cosmic alliance or something. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's like um, the super being aliens that I think there's like five or six, and they're in this alliance that like watch over the galaxy and like make decisions and you know help protect growth and then they're like at odds with the draconians and reptilians which are two different races because um (laughs) because they're not like because one has wings or whatever i don't know um yeah 
And then also yeah, there's another gray, little... The shorter, sub- paler grays, the taller, darker grays. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> what I was about to yeah. say, which is like a subset yeah. of like the alien conspiracy in the grays, which is like the small grays maybe being um, not actually like real. Like they're just like um, like bodies that are used as like vessels to like project. Like they're not actually um sentient or something I have, like, I have heard of this yes <laughs> yeah yeah so yes, i i like that a lot there's actually um there's a great uh there's a great uh for, for i mean for, i guess for anybody for any of your listeners or for you too um uh as an artist there's a really great uh little resource for a lot of stuff like this there's a guy named david huggins oh yeah who is a uh he's a painter and he has uh, described uh, several, uh, numerous, I would say, I think numbering almost in the hundreds, uh, abduction experiences throughout his entire life. Um, and he, doc- he has documented them all as uh, all of his experiences that he has uh, that he has had uh, as uh, paintings. I have uh, seen this. He's married his entire life through them. They're they're very very interesting. Uh, he's an outsider artist. Abs- I mean, clearly, yeah. but. Uh, they're they're very interesting to see, sort of like a a a a sort of illustrated depiction of the event through the eyes of somebody who experienced it, and uh, the sort of stories that go. The images themselves are are very fascinating, but the well, stories and sort of part of the story is like even more so. he was like romantically involved with one, right? Yeah, he had a, he had a child with one. Yeah. Oh my god, which brings me to, this is very X-Files too, but like, the idea of like, being harvested for um, genes and like, this idea of like women getting pregnant, a lot of the, um, like, what do you call it, like the people who've been um, abducted, they'll say that they were like pregnant with an alien baby, and then like, their like, womb gets harvested and their baby gets stolen and has to live in space or whatever, and then they'll just, like, keep using yeah. their womb and, like, stealing the little baby before it's, like, big enough, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Which is, honestly, like, sure, if that's a hoax, like, fascinating, but, like, thinking about that actually happening to someone or someone believing that it's actually happening to them, totally fucking horrifying for that person. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, absolutely terrifying, yeah. Um, I mean, some you know, some of the stuff in the Huggins uh, paintings is you know, you know, having to have sex with this adult alien woman is like at a very young age, like those kind of things, all very confusing and uh, all all of it very terrifying. Part of the reason I, I dig his paintings so much is there there is a sense of like intense like dread in a lot of the paintings. Like it's very like they're very oppressive images sometimes, but at the same time there is a uh, there is like in each of the in in the alien figures there is a uh, there is a softness and there is like a, uh, a humanity to them. It's very interesting. It's so interesting. What what More it was like a tall gray or something, gray. right? In his uh, yeah. So a lot of things depict. Um, <laughs> and for those who don't know, a tall yeah. a tall gray is um, basically or a small gray is what you call that nineties looking alien where it's just like. An almond-shaped green head with like two like black giant eyes, little tiny mouth, and little nose holes. Like that's what. Yeah, and really then the smalls for the shorties, and then the talls for the tall ones, who are freakishly yeah, tall. Like, apparently, yeah, the little little take me to your leader looking alien. 
Yeah, and they're either way smaller than a normal person or way taller than a normal person because, you know, they're aliens, so they have to be sort of different than us. Yeah, they're usually depicted as being, like, you know, know, in the mid-four-foot range, uh, sort of the size of, like, a small child with, like, a very large head. Tall ones, proportionally larger body and smaller head. Yeah, but yeah, if you think you can think uh, at the end of the end of Close Encounters of the Third Kind when the door opens up, all the little aliens come out, and then there's the one big one behind them all that is just very tall and skinny. It's kind of oh a similar imagery to that, but uh, yeah, no. David Huggins presents. Uh, I forget the name of the one that visits him frequently that he has the uh, child with, but it is uh, it's, a, it's a more human looking tall gray that actually has uh, long black hair. Interesting. And it has, you know, like, uh, like breasts and stuff, like a human woman. I mean, yeah. she could be hybrid alien earthling, too. Or inner earthling and exterior earthling or whatever. Um, and then... The, uh, the he also, real quick, he also has a, a painting depicting uh, my favorite kind of alien, which is the, uh, the mantis aliens. They're just a giant alien. alien. Yeah. Very good, man. yes. Um, which is, like, I mean, there's a movie called, like, Meet the Dweebles or something, or Feebles, and it's basically about people who are this family, but they're actually mantis aliens. Um, and I think it was, like, a late 80s, early 90s era movie. Um. Yeah. It was, um. Yeah, I think I do. I think I know the film you're talking about. It's yeah. sort of like demented, uh, married with children. That's kind of the memory I have of it. Um, and then I'm going to end the interview with my favorite um, conspiracy theory. I I said my favorite, but I think I just want to say it, and I don't really have like I don't know if I have that. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I like it a lot. Um, the Philadelphia experiment. Oh, the Philadelphia experiment is really crazy. I, I, you know, that slipped my mind completely. That is a very, very, that's a good one. That is a very good one. Yeah. So it's, it's a trip. And, um, I, like, I can't totally remember it, right? Which I'm, like, now embarrassed for saying it's my favorite one because it's, like, I remember really thinking it was a I, I think there's, I think there's even conflicting reports about that one. It's sort of what, um, Sort of what each sort of like like what it was. I think that that some of it's like uh, interdimensional travel. Some people think it was time travel. Yeah. Uh, some people think it was aliens. So what I mean, an idea of this this event. I think is what, if I remember correctly, just a, a sort of really intense again, sort of esoteric event. Yeah, but it was like in the military, in the American military. So, like, having, of course, it's, like, exciting and boring to hear about these, like, freak things happening in the military and, like, military disclosures where you're, like, oh, my God, aliens, Philadelphia experiment. But then you hear the disclosure and it's, like, some dude that's, like, at 1,500 hours, I was reporting for duty and I saw that, and you're, like, oh, my God, boring. Like, uh, I think it has to do with, uh, with, with making a, uh, uh, making a ship. Or yeah, like a, a like a, the fleet disappeared. Yeah, and then there's or this. We the, hidden from view, but I think the idea was how did they how making them disappear? Was it, a, was it some sort of time folding or something? 
so fascinating. And then there's like this guy, David Wilcox, which is the, he's a self-proclaimed um, second coming, coming of um, the sleeping prophet, Edgar Casey, And um, he did some interview or something with one of the guys, or he did some research. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. Like, I don't, I like have the loosest memory of this because I was probably high out of my mind when I was listening to it. But he was talking about, like, this, like, the whole Philadelphia experiment and, like, back at the, um, the base or whatever, like, these different people were being prepared to, um, get ready to do the thing. And then they would go in through a portal or, like, they had to do, like, some weird kind of meditation involving psychic channeling and some kind of weird machinery. And... Right, Yeah. So Almost like an MK Ultra flavor to it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, we're not done. Um, let's explain M- MK Ultra. It doesn't stand for Michael Kors. <laughs> well, MK Ultra was a uh, MK Ultra was a it was a a, a, a decade of uh, of uh, research basically around mind control. <laughs> yeah. And like mental conditioning. <laughs> Which again, I mean, I guess the best conspiracies are real, and the Ultra was a real thing that really happened to people. But <laughs> demented. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a lot of a lot of uh, sensory depth, hypnosis, uh, LSD experimentation. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, all of these things stacked up with, yeah, you know, like I said, you know, various forms of conditioning, uh, abuse. <laughs> So demented. Of, like really bizarre, sadistic stuff. Um, when you really get down to it, I guess. But no, I think you're right now that like it's been sort of like um, reappropriated or even misappropriated into being kind of. Um, I think it's like an extension of like Illuminati conspiracy stuff, like monarch conditioning and shit like that. Oh yeah. So, if if for some reason you decided to listen to my show and don't know what the Illuminati is, um, I don't even know. Like, like it's okay, so like, I feel like that's the most common of conspiracy theories that you kind of see everywhere. Like, it's all over the internet. Like, even Beyonce, like, mentioned it in one of her songs. Like, you guys are corny with that Illuminati shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like this idea that similar to the reptilian, like, reptilian shit. Basically, the, the reptilian uh, conspiracy theory is hand-in-hand hand with this sort of Illuminati theory that, like, elitist yeah, group I mean, that is using mind control and, like, evil satanic practices, basically, to do what? I don't know. What are they up to? What is the uh, in game with Illuminati? Really, yeah. The Illuminati, I always feel like it's sort of the uh, the big bad. It's the final boss when it comes to conspiracy theories. It's the uh, it's the one it all goes back to. It's the uh, it's the it's the, it's the hub. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that it's, it's patient zero. It's that very first. It's that that core thing <laughs> that it all leads to the tip of the pyramid. Yeah, um, which I guess is like like connected to like the Rothschilds and all that, but it's like. I mean, like, they're, like, again, like we were saying earlier about lizard people, it's kind of like, sure, like, either way, nothing really changes for the life of me, a, a peasant, you know, like, it might as well be true, like, but, you know what I'm saying, 
Like, if it doesn't really change yeah, any yeah. like, practices or anything in my life, if it's true or not. And that's, I think, the fun yeah. thing about conspiracy theories is it doesn't totally change anything. And it's, like, really hard, if it's a good conspiracy theory, to totally confirm or deny it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it, I mean, a good conspiracy theory is, uh, is almost impossible to confirm or deny. Yeah, um, I mean, like, 9-11 and Inside Job, you know, all that. Um, and then, well, okay. One. <laughs> <laughs> one more. Um, that Sasquatch is, um, an extra-dimensional. And, um... That there's only blurry pictures of him because he's actually blurry. And, um, my, actually, this one I found out from my dad. He thought, he like, he like loved it. So he like found out all these like stories and stuff. And there's this, um, idea of Sasquatch like being kind of not like a wild animal person, but like a higher evolved person and like people missing for a little while because they're like abducted by Sasquatch. And then they returned, and he told me this story about this little girl that got, like, was missing for several days, and then showed up, and she was fine. And she said, the fuzzy man took care of me. And, like, he was, like, fuzzy not because he was furry, but because he was, like, a blurry, glitched-out entity or something. <laughs> I don't know. Right, he, yeah, yeah. This is, this is well, a conspiracy not, theory. Yeah, not Sasquatch is just a blurry <laughs> entity, extra-dimensional. Why you so hard to find. Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard to check in another dimension for a uh, for an ape man. This um, is true. I, I love. I mean, that's great. I love that. I hadn't heard that one. That Sasquatch is extra dimensional. Very Sasquatch. Um, I mean, why not? You know. So that I must say, I do, and it's so good to talk to you. And if people want to find you, they go to Enchanting Stranger on Instagram or your website, which is. Uh yeah, so I have a big cartel. Uh, where I have, you know, some prints and uh, some small zines and stuff. Uh, I'm going to be putting out a lot more uh, conspiracy theory and conspiracy-based work very soon. That's kind of my next round of uh, things. But, yeah, if you want to go check that out, I have some zines there and some prints and stuff. And then, um, yeah, like I said, mostly where I post or mostly where I put my work is uh, Instagram uh, these days. Um, you can also catch me at a lot of... Uh, uh, cons and zine fests and small publishing fairs uh, around the Pacific Northwest. Cool. Okay, it was so good to talk to you and really fun to talk about conspiracy theories. And to anyone who's still listening, congratulations, you made it to the end of the show and your reward is we'll put you out of your misery and hang up. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. Bye. Alright, bye-bye. This is Neon Cauldron with Elise Osborne. Thank you for listening to Neon Cauldron. I'll see you on the Astro Plane.
Jerry!